0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of CCT Live, the Cape Cod Times live Facebook news broadcast brought to you every Thursday at 9 a.m. I'm News Editor Patrick Castney, and I'm joined again today by Ethan Genter who covers the lower Cape Towns of Provincetown, Orleans and Brewster as well as diving in and out of uh, some other beats including the Steamship Authority, uh, the Islands and Bugs is another one that you like a lot, Ethan. Um, another one of your favorite topics is beer and, uh, we'll talk about a new brewery proposed in Provincetown and an interesting promotion that they're doing, um, there as well. We'll also talk about some big news, uh, about what is locally known as the Kmart Plaza. It's actually Cape Town Plaza, but everybody knows it as the Kmart Plaza here in Hyannis and about a new report, uh, regarding moving one of the two controversial town owned, uh, wind turbines in Falmouth. We'll then dive into one of the bigger stories of the past week, the reaction to a design for the new Steamship Authority terminal in Woods Hole. Um, you can take a look back at our past episodes at com uh, slash cct live and follow along at home by going to our website or checking us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, this brewery in Provincetown, Ethan, uh, It it doesn't have a location, doesn't really exist, but things are happening. Uh, What's this all about?
1: Things are happening, yeah. Um, And I think a few people have said this before. Um, How does Provincetown not have a brewery yet? I think Um, you've said
0: that about every town, basically, right?
1: (laughs) But, but yeah, so uh, they're called the Provincetown Brewing Company. They are planning, um, like Patrick said, that they don't have a location yet. Um, I talked to Chris Hartley. He is the guy who's kind of the founder of this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from Sag Harbor uh, over in New York. He works for a residential construction firm. He is planning to open a brewery, hopes to have a location, a lease within a couple months. He's thinking Conwell, Shank Painter, that kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, his plan is to have this brewery that's really kind of focused on the gay community, Um as well as the beer community and Provincetown. He wants to kind of meld all those communities together and have this, uh, all come together at this brewery. Um, he plans, uh, to have canned beers and on the back of the cans is going to be a charity percentage of proceeds are going to go to that charity. He also said proceeds would go to organizations in Provincetown as well. Um, charities are still TBD at the moment. Um,
0: a lot of this is still tbd at the a lot of it is tbd and and the cans canned beer wouldn't be canned there in provincetown from the sounds of it they'd do some sort of like you know draft thing and yeah
1: so um one of the answers to that question is why doesn't provincetown have a brewery yet uh there is not a lot of water Mm. capacity in provincetown water is a, a hard thing to come by out there although you are kind of surrounded by it um Salt water, yeah. a little different,
0: harder to brew. So, yeah, with. It,
1: it's 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 a little tough to get the amount of water that you actually need to brew beer, which is it's a lot of water. Mm. Um, so they are planning to do draft beer at their location in town right. and brew off off Provincetown. Have a, a bigger facility that would do more of the canning stuff. Right now, they are planning to have an event, um, and for that event, they're they're having their beer produced at another brewery. Um, which uh, there was a non-disclosure agreement, so they couldn't unnamed me wh- okay. where it was.
0: <laughs> Hopefully it's good beer. I mean, if you're going to show up for that. But, th- but that's not – this is this is Flip the House, which is a flip cup. For those unfamiliar with flip cup, Ethan, can you explain it to our viewers?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a, not that I've ever played before, of course. Yeah. Um, it's a – usually you have two teams lined up at a table facing each other. Uh, you You drink the beer at the start of the line. You drink your beer – you put your cup down and you flip it over. You put it, it down up. upside
0: down. Uh, no, right, oh, right side, side up.
1: You flip it to land, do to land upside down. Once you once you go, then the next person. Next person goes, goes down the down line. Down the line, um,
0: and and there won't be in this case there won't be beer in those cups. This is taking place actually at Provincetown Town Hall, which was interesting. But as it turns out, anybody can have an event at Provincetown Town Hall.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So they're holding this event as kind of their their launch party. Um, Anyone can rent Town Hall. It's kind of a venue in town. Mm -hmm. Um, Provincetown Town Hall isn't like really any other Cape Town Hall. Mm -hmm. As far as I've been, I think I've been to every Town Hall, and it's
0: nowhere close. It's kind of a big... And you mentioned it; they actually hold the town meetings there in Provincetown Town Hall. It's yeah, that big; yeah. it's a big space, and so it's something that again, folks can rent for whatever purposes they, they want. Um, this this event is taking place October twenty sixth. There's uh, certainly more information in, in the story you have here. W- just real quick, one of the, the the interesting parts about this is they're combining. Um, again, it sounds like you know lifestyle brewing, um, the Provincetown you know LGBTQ uh, community. Um, I know even when we posted on Facebook and it was kind of like kind of progressive politics were were discussed, some people were like, oh, I don't want politics with my beer. So they're kind of taking a chance in that regard. But where they're doing it, Provincetown, yeah. they may be pretty safe in terms of the uh, political. Uh, yeah, things. I think the
1: people that they would win over in Provincetown would outweigh the people who are going to Provincetown. Be turned off right. And- one of the one of the things, uh, they have a an advisor who's helping the guy, Chris Hartley is his name, the founder. Mm-hmm. Um, he has an advisor who used to write for the Provincetown Banner, the weekly newspaper up there. He's he's a, a guy who lived up there for a while. He, he told me, he's like, this is a way for people to kind of have a, a taste of Provincetown wherever they are.
0: It's a chance to kind away. of, yeah. yeah. So. Um, and, and again, certainly these are two guys who uh, came to Provincetown and decided they loved it and, and wanted to stay. So now they're they're figuring out ways to do that and, and a business and and uh, kind of a mission as well. Um, yeah, another uh, big story this week was uh, ha- having to do with uh, the Cape Town Plaza, again known as the Kmart Plaza. Um, do you do a lot of shopping in that plaza either?
1: Uh, I used to go to Panera and Burrito Bistro a lot because I worked at Sports Authority.
0: Yeah, this is not an endorsement. It's just no, that we also no. have to eat and and uh, that's the case. And that plaza, you know, has uh, those stores that you mentioned. It has other stores around it, but it's been kind of, you know, Sitting there, there hasn't been a lot of development, per se, in the plaza, um, and it's been something that a lot of folks have looked at. Interestingly enough, it's owned by uh, the the town, I think, but controlled and operated by the uh, uh, Barnesville Municipal Airport under custody and control of the Barnesville Municipal Airport, which is right next door. Um, and there are some stipulations for kind of what they can do with it. Um, they had put out an RFP and and got a couple of responses. How much did you dig it? Did you look at this story by Jeff Spillane?
1: I did, yeah. I mean, they were talking some, some big stuff. It could be uh, possibly housing development. I mean, there could be all kinds of things out there.
0: So these two uh, developers who responded, WS Development of Chestnut Hill and the Wilder Companies of Boston, WS Development is the incumbent leaseholder, if you will, and, and they came back with a proposal both these proposals were very lengthy and 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 detailed in a lot of respects. WS Developments' proposal would have been a forty-five million would be a forty-five million dollar project called the Landing at Hy- Hyannis. Um, more more than three hundred thousand square feet of retail, restaurant, residential, uh, and open space. Both these uh, developments uh, include kind of a village green type area, which is pretty popular these days when you look at these types of developments. The Wilder Company uh, was uh, a lot more ambitious in terms of what they were looking at. $97 million worth of work is what they were looking at, which is quite a bit you can imagine with that amount of money that you're talking about reconfiguring the whole setup out there. Um, and they both provided some renderings of what that might look like. Uh, that village green was kind of a a big part of it, kind of a central location where you could have picnics. You could have one of them. I think even said that you could turn it into an ice rink during the winter. Um, a little cold out there today, but assuming your winter is cold enough or you have some sort of cooling feature, um, but the, you know, Kmart's there. I mean, that's that's something that would have to you know uh, you'd have to see what happened. Um, they have a lease; uh, it's probably some kind of sublease with uh, WS Development, and that would expire eventually. And they'd have to figure out what to do with that. WS Development still has, uh, I think, six years on their lease. So by 2024 is when that's up. And they point out that well, we could get started right away uh, if we if we got this new uh, lease um the wilder companies would have to wait a bit but again two very different proposals in terms of scope um both would be a pretty dramatic change out there um and interesting given some of the other changes in retail in the area sears uh uh, seems to be going away from the mall and being you know target and some other unnamed uh, yeah
1: and that corridor there on 132 route 132 is kind of like the retail center of the cape really um Absolutely. So it would be interesting to see if it kind of strays a bit away from that to some village green, some kind of stuff like
0: that. Yeah, and again, it, it, some of the uh, images that uh, one of these companies provided had kind of that Mashby Commons-esque feel. There were uh, four stories of residential uh, space above uh, some of the retail space in, in one of their renderings. WS Development has projects that uh, some people may be familiar with, the uh, Derby Street Shops in Hingham, Legacy Place in Dedham, uh, and Market Street in Linfield, and then uh, closer to the Cape, Wareham Crossing. Wilder Company's properties include the Falmouth Mall, so people know that. Southwind Plaza, which is right down the street, that's got Whole Foods, uh, Home Depot, Arsenal Yards in uh, Watertown, and properties on Newberry Street and State Street. Um, It was interesting to me to see some of the reaction on Facebook of people who seem to know these two uh, developers and know kind of what they do in other places and kind of reacted kind of with their favorite developer and and what they thought was going to be the case there.
1: Yeah, I think Derby Street is one that a lot of people down here know because they kind of go there if you're looking for a... It's kind of the next
0: closer big retail kind of spot. Yeah, and it's right off the highway there as you're going up. Um, And one of the interesting things with, I think, the Wilder companies was they were talking about uh, what they would be keeping. Um, Old Navy and Five Below, they say, kind of have a look that would fit in. Um, And then you've got Tiki Port, uh, which is right there. And they said they'd keep that in Dunkin' Donuts, which I think a lot of people may not even realize because it's kind of on the side of the plaza that it's part of that 26-acre property. Um, so still, still a lot to kind of dig through, uh, here. Uh, there's a, a, a six member evaluation committee that's going to be looking at this members of the municipal airport commission and, and the town of Barnstable to figure out whether these bids kind of meet their requirements. They're expecting to select a bidder by December 31st. They got to negotiate a contract after that. Um, that may not occur until next year. But then you could start to see, depending on who wins, if WS Development wins, you could start to see some changes uh, pretty quickly. If uh, the Wilder Companies win, it might be a little bit, and they're in a—they'd have to be in a planning process. Or you know, maybe there's some way that they could uh, buy out the rest of WS Development's lease. If that's the case, uh, so a lot of potential changes out there. A lot of changes are again ongoing with Sears leaving Target, coming into the mall. There's that uh, relatively new hotel next to Barnes and Nobles. That whole kind of area, Whole Foods is not that long in their spot down the street. Uh, Chick-fil-A is brand new. Chick-fil-A, uh, exactly. So there's a lot of kind of business development in that area that we'll be keeping an eye on. Um, Ethan, you've done some stories on on uh, turbines uh, um, in other locations, but the kind of poster child for problems in terms of turbines is Falmouth. And uh those turbines went in about uh, eight years ago, I think. And yeah,
1: if you'd want a blueprint of how probably not to go about installing wind turbines, I think Falmouth would be the the one. Yeah,
0: there were a lot of lot of issues over the years. And and recently they got a report saying uh, what could happen. There were some lawsuits. They're not operating right now. Correct. Um, they were so, shut
1: down in, uh, I think the second one was shut down in 2017.
0: Yep, yep. Um, and and so this report came out uh, this week, and, and Christine Legere, who covers the town of Falmouth, uh, wrote a story about it. What did the report say, basically?
1: Um, basically, if you move it uh, – so they're on the wastewater treatment facility out there in Falmouth. Um, you can see them from, I think it's Route 28 yep. when they are going down. Um, and they basically said, if you just move them slightly um, – you can have them operating again.
0: The one turbine. Yeah, There's just, the, the, one, yeah, just yeah. the one. Because one has been basically shut down for good as part of this decision. It was, you can't operate. You didn't get the right permit. You can't operate this term, turbine. It was challenged in court and, and, and it is not allowed to operate going forward. The second one, Wind Two, is what they were focusing on because even though that's also operating without this special permit, there wasn't a, a court challenge that led to this uh, type of decision that said you can never operate it again. Um, and so they say, well, this report that was produced by Weston and Sampson for the town um, said, if you, like, as you said, just move it, you know, a little bit more towards. It looks like kind of the center of the wastewater treatment facility uh, there you're going to get it into an area where uh, shadow and flicker effects, which is one of the things that happens with uh, wind turbines won't affect residential properties, might affect some commercial properties, but the idea is, you know, you're going to work. You're not as uh, there on a, such a regular basis trying to sleep and things like that, where that could affect you. Um, and, and then the noise would be reduced for residential properties. They'd be like 2,100, uh, 2,000 feet away from uh, the nearest residential property. People weren't, you know the selectmen when they looked at this and and looked at the potential for moving this, it would cost three million dollars to move, but then they'd make in the long run.
1: Yeah, they would. They would cover that three million and then make an additional five, I think five seven. Five
0: point seven, yeah.
1: Um, over twenty years. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's for. I mean, if you just look at it on paper, money wise, um, it could it would make sense. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of people uh, have been fighting these turbines tooth and nail, for a and. Long time. Uh, and They were pretty pretty miffed to hear that they would even consider moving it and turning them back on
0: on, on the same property. Nonetheless, again, if they, it's the One of the issues with the Cape, as a lot of people may know, is there's unlike the middle of the country if you put a turbine up there's bound to be somebody nearby who will be either affected or concerned about the effects and these neighbors have have complained about health effects from these turbines for a long time have won court cases have have won administrative rulings uh through the town um and said you're you're just going to move it on to the another place on the same property even the optics of that is is potentially problematic for uh, town officials uh, so it, it remains to be seen exactly what happens here selectmen again looked at it and said well you know we we'd be able to recoup some of the money that we were expecting to make the long long game for this when they were first put in was that the town was going to be you know reaping benefits from this for years to come the two turbines you know millions of dollars uh, of money that could go to to the town's operations and and saving money on electricity obviously from uh, for operating the uh, wastewater treatment facility um so this is them looking and saying, "Well, this is a small part of getting some of this back. They've also spent a lot on legal fees."
1: Yeah, if you've ever been to family town meeting, it's almost kind of a, a placeholder article. is always to
0: approve legal fees Le- to approve that, legal fees.
1: Usually, someone stands up and makes a makes a of a deal of it because they have been paying legal fees for so long on mm-hmm. these on these things.
0: And there is still an appeal uh, from a group that wants to see these turbines continue to operate essentially where they are, um, and and kind of is pushing on the legal side of this still to keep them operating obviously again the neighbors who have been dealing with this don't want to see that happen and don't even want to see you know it in the same area one of the mess why not put it somewhere else again moving turbines you know even short distance is not uh, an inexpensive prospect moving them over long distances or longer distances could get even more problematic this is kind of just the beginning if you will they have this report in hand of them trying to figure out what to do with these turbines interesting enough wind one, the only real future for wind one is to be used as parts for wind two. So you'd, you'd, you'd be, you know, taking it and cannibalizing it to, to help wind Two operate. If wind two does indeed uh, begin to operate again. A few stories on uh, the steamship authority uh, this week, some, some kind of briefer, less, less uh, lengthy than others. There was an approval of some, some rates uh, increases. And just real quickly, what were those? It was twelve fifty. Uh, yeah,
1: so if you've ever gone over to the vineyard in Nantucket, um, if you're still planning to walk on, it's not going to be any different. Prices are going to be the same as last year. Um, we're talking next summer. Um, but if you're planning to bring your car over to the vineyard, it's going to cost you, I think, twelve fifty. An extra twelve fifty, yeah. Uh, and if you're going to Nantucket, it's going to cost you twenty five.
0: An extra twenty five yeah, on top of what exactly. it costs now. So we're talking about uh, eighty one or ninety one dollars, depending on the size of the vehicle, for the vineyard route. Two hundred twenty five or two fifty, depending on the uh, the uh, size of the vehicle for Nantucket. From the sounds of it, they w- they say they need this money to kind of deal with operating revenue. Steamship authorities had some some problems that everybody may be well aware. We've sat here and talked about some of these. They they had a boat go down this week as well. Uh, the Katama. Yeah, the
1: Katama. Yep, which is um, a freight boat for the most part um, carries a lot of those cars and trucks on the Vineyard route. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also going to be a 12.5 increase on freight and five bucks extra for parking. So even if you are walking on in Falmouth and the Falmouth parking lot on Saturdays and Sundays in season is going to be it. up five bucks. Um, so it will cost you a little bit more yep. if you are parking. Uh, but yeah, the Katama went down an engine failure on Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still out uh, today. I believe the Sankity, I just looked, the Sankity is running for it. The similar
0: morning. type boat. Is that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sankity
1: yeah. is another uh, freight boat. Um, and there are going to be a couple uh, boats that are carrying hazardous materials today. Um, so they will not be taking any passengers,
0: and that's what they have to do when this happens. They kind of they kind of have to do the ferry shuffle, if you will. And and again, earlier this year, they had a lot of problems over and over again, and it really became a, a big story. The amount of cancellations they had to put in place. Unclear whether this is more of you know that trend, if you will. You know, over the years, every once in a while a boat goes down. And,
1: yeah, and I think it's kind of put a spotlight on any time a boat goes out. Now yeah. it's kind of makes people go kind of
0: yeah oh, if, another
1: boat again uh, whether I mean whether it's something that happened I mean it happens I mean yeah I if this had
0: happened five years ago you know maybe we would have even been reporting on it a little bit just to let people know yeah but it it certainly wouldn't even probably be the topic of this conversation, but the problems earlier this year as you said you know put a spotlight on any time the 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 uh, ferry goes down so that's something they're they're still dealing with and and still working on how to deal with uh, and you've done some reporting on that which is available online. The other issue that just came up in the last week or so was this redesign of the Woods Hole Ferry Terminal. And you did some reporting this week about uh, Mm -hmm. some more reaction, not from residents. Well, I guess one of them is a resident, but not from from residents per se, but from state legislators who were asking for something.
1: Correct. Yeah. So the Steamship Authority unveiled some plans and designs um, from their architect on the new planned Woods Hole Terminal. Mm Um it is kind of this uh very I think forty five feet tall. I think including the yeah, including the
0: ground elevating.
1: Um salt box uh shaped at least, um, but not in traditional uh materials. It's gonna be stone and glass. A lot of, glass which a lot of people were not happy about. Um they
0: said it's gonna take away the view in Woods Hole. Um It would essentially block that view. The people in the terminal would probably have a great view with this big glass piece. Some people pointed out at that forum last week that, well, they're going to be on a boat and they're going to have that view all they want, really. We're in Woods Hole. This is the iconic view from Woods Hole from one of those bridges. Yeah, I think
1: some of them were kind of questioning how long are you ever really in the terminal um, unless it's raining before your boat. That's Um, true. uh, But, yeah, so uh, Vinny DiMecito, he's the state senator um, for Plymouth and
0: And parts of the Cape Falmouth as well.
1: Yeah. Um, And Dylan Fernandez, the state rep for the vineyard Nantucket and parts of Falmouth, including Woods Hole, where he's from. uh, They wrote an open letter to the steamship authority saying, basically asking that they reconsider. Um, There was some, there was some strong language in it. Mm There's, I think urging. Uh, They said this would define Woods Hole for, for years, for millions of visitors for years to come. Um, and kind of said hey can you take a second look at this and maybe do something like some of your other terminals there's some c- cedar shingles um none of them would none of the current terminals are glass and stone
0: yeah and and again they said they think the uh it should involve more community uh input and and really pointed that out um, again there was a public forum uh last week um, at uh, was that in woods Hole, i believe but and then there was one on the island and and the steamship authority spokesman uh, Sean Driscoll pointed out that they they 're still gathering that input and they're going to consider it as they uh, look at what they do going forward. People can still uh, provide input as much as they want uh, at this point. Um, I think they were a little surprised by the pushback in some respects. Well, I think
1: it kind of – this is the first time there's ever been any pushback in this whole process, really. Yeah. Um, some people have said we like the the, the current kind of interim terminal, but there's, there's lots of reasons why they can't keep operating out of that one. Yeah. Um, and just so people know, the the architect said the stone and glass was chosen very specifically to withstand the woods hole, kind of that open area there, yeah. the salt air.
0: Harsh weather. Um, and, and you can see them going with the salt box box shape thinking that's kind of a little traditional classic Cape Cod. Yeah. Wood sole is, you know, its own thing though. And certainly there's uh there are stone buildings in there and, and, and uh, um, there's some classic looks there, but, but it definitely is its own thing. So I think the, the look of the building is one thing. The blocking of the views is another thing. Interestingly enough, uh, um, Dylan Fernandez pointed out that he liked some of the terminals on uh, the vineyard, I think or it was what he was looking at and said, maybe go in that direction. So kind of uh, had some ideas of them uh, doing that. And he said there was more community input over there in terms of how those terminals were uh, selected and dealt with. And, and again, they suggested l- reaching out to um, uh, the local community associations, the villages, business association and the Falmouth historical commission uh, as they look at this. So, uh, it's a sixty million dollar project. It's going to take six years. Obviously, they're they're asking them to go back to the drawing board. It's not sure clear, you know, how the Steamship Authority is going to react to to that and how they're going to deal with it. But they say they're they're considering those uh, those ideas. Um, uh, so, uh, taking a look ahead, we have we have a bunch of uh, good stories coming up. Um, uh, you know, some some uh, stories about uh, the Mashpee Wampanoag Tribe and and a story about a a. Uh, uh, a Ponzi scheme essentially that uh, we've reported on already. That's, that's coming up in the next couple of days Uh, and I'm sure you'll be producing, you know, Two, three, four, five stories today, right, Ethan?
1: Brewster Finances. <laughs> Brewster
0: Finances, yeah. We'll get back to Brewster Finances, a, a, uh, a perennial story for you. Um, thanks again for joining us. Uh, thank you, Ethan, for being Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Uh, tell your friends, share the link, and uh, reach out to us with any story tips or ideas. Uh, all our emails are available at CapeCodTimes.com. We're where news starts on Cape Cod. Until next week, have a good morning and good luck.